Welcome back. Another great episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I'm your host, Cody Kelly. Uh, Some great topics we're going to get into tonight. uh, Covering Ford's electric Mustang, 2020 being the year of growth for McDonald's. No weed for the New Year's. Kylie Jenner has now become a business icon and some developments uh, that has occurred in the Will I Am camp. Stay tuned uh, for another great episode. Twenty twenty has been slated to be the year of growth for McDonald's. Uh, Dalton Baker goes on to state that uh, CEO Steve Esterbrook, strategy CEO of McDonald's, Steve Esterbrook, uh, has relied heavily on a combination of new technology, restaurant renovations, and food delivery systems to sustain and grow customer traffic. Uh, after uh, him being positioned as CEO in twenty fifteen, he has implemented the all day breakfast. Uh, McDonald's is counting on growth from two major acquisitions, uh, the first one being Dynamic Yield and the second one, Apprente. Dynamic Yield is the digital menu boards uh, that react to customers in real time and suggest add-on items aimed at boosting sales. Apprente is the artificial intelligence speech uh, recognition or uh, cognition that is paired with um, Dynamic Yield to minimize congestion uh, within the stores. Dynamic Yield is expected to be installed at every one of McDonald's 14,000 U.S. stores by the end of 2020. McDonald's has also partnered with Uber and DoorDash and is expecting to yield a $4 billion, uh, which is an increase of 4% year-over-year sales in 2019 alone. An opportunity has risen traffic. Although traffic is down in the stores, sales are up because of Uber and DoorDash. So my thoughts, McDonald's is McDonald's. Uh, it is the... Uh, big guy on the corner, you know, it's, it's the giant, it's the, it's the whale, it's, you know, it's the blue chip, it's whatever you want to call it. But even giants can learn new things, right? Understanding to keep their current uh, position in the marketplace and their dominance in the fast food industry, you have to evolve. People want it quicker and faster, more tech-driven, yet more creative experiences. So you had to renovate the restaurants because you can't have restaurants looking like garbage, you know, because that's not going to turn on traffic uh, as anyway turns away a certain uh, clientele. And then uh, you have to partner uh, and have the technology. Well, first of all, you have to have the technology there, uh, the digital menus being a plus, you, actually, you know, going away from paper, more green effect. And then having um, the partnerships with Uber and DoorDash so that, you know, if you want Uber, if you want Uber, if you want McDonald's at two o'clock in the morning, you can just Hop on your app and, you know, select uh, and it arrives at your doorstep. This is going to make, you know, businesses go up. Now, I expect, like as stated, uh, traffic in the stores to dwindle, but not to die out. Right. Um, what you'll probably see is an increase of more of your urban or more metropolitan, centrally located um, restaurants and probably more of a decrease. I would say in your more suburban, more rural, more outspreaded uh, environments only because you just have less population. I think that's probably more of a uh, demographic and geographic uh, trait that is affecting kind of the store's response. But overall, I'm happy for McDonald's. It's my favorite uh, fast food restaurant. It is terrible for you, but it is good to me. So, so I like McDonald's and I'm happy for this one. No weed for the New Year's. As Stephen A. Smith would say, stay off the weed. 
As of January 1st, 2020, marijuana, recreational use of marijuana, will become legal within the city limits of Chicago. However, according to John Putz, um, there are rules to its legalization. Due to new rules, only 11 existing medical locations are likely to serve recreational customers on New Year's Day. The city is taking a slow approach to handling the new legalization of cannabis, new zoning laws that prohibit retail sales from downtown. A lottery is expected to be held uh, this past uh, week to determine on November 15th to determine the order in which the medical license holders can seek new recreational dispensary locations in seven districts. So obviously the regulation is going to come. It's not just like, a, you know, January 1st and it becomes Vegas, right? Like there was going to be a gradual uh, process to this. Uh, but I do believe this is probably the best way or of handling it. Uh, from really a, a centrist viewpoint, right? And making sure that all sides are gaining something uh, from it. Some updates in the uh, impeachment realm. Impeachment hearings have been occurring all week. Uh, Kyle Cheney has uh, recording has written that Democrats and Republicans are battling over the testimony. Both parties are waiting for the next key witnesses to finally get some answers. The unconventional ambassador to the European Union deployed by President Donald Trump to help squeeze Ukraine to investigate his political adversaries has been the omnipresent shadow behind the series of witnesses who have testified publicly. Uh, nearly 12 hours of testimony occurred on Tuesday by four witnesses um, in turns exhausting, exhilarating and excruciating. Democrats and Republicans really succeeded only in underscoring the growing set of unknowns that can be solved by Sondland. Twelve hours of testimony by the four witnesses have created this need of resolution. Is an explicable actor who confounded career diplomats seemed to push an agenda that was not shared by the officials actually carrying out U.S. foreign policy, but often seemed aligned with Trump's own private views on the Ukraine. He's a force behind many of the moments that led more uh, practice of foreign policy hands like Fiona Hill to alert national security lawyers. Sondland's alarmed national security officials uh, like Lieutenant Colonel Alex Vindman uh, by pressuring Ukrainians during a White House meeting to conduct Trump's favorite investigations, including a probe of former Vice President Joe Biden and his son Hunter. If the testimonies uh, from the seven witnesses who have addressed the publicly underscore anything, pull it together, uh, all of the far-flung elements of the Democrats' impeachment investigation provide clarity, only sink the probe into further confusion. So, whichever way it goes is going to be a process. Um, the impeachment is unveiling. The truth behind um, what has occurred, what has been occurring uh, in the White House, um, but it's also drawing a definite line in the sand, and a line that should have been, you know, drawn in the sand. Uh, I, I think right now, if he gets impeached in the House, but does not get impeached in the Senate, what does it mean? Right. It has to be a silver lining to all this is one thing to know truth, the truth that I think people of reasonable sorts can calculate and can come to that 
you know, he acted unethical, right? He used his political power for private reasons. Uh, and that in of itself is wrong. Amongst a whole host of other things. Uh, but because it seems like we live in the age of ambiguity and wrong doesn't have to be fatal, uh, what does it all mean in the end, right? So uh, I'm interesting. I'm interested uh, to see kind of how this develops, where it's going, if it's going anywhere, if the Senate is going to actually have character and do something that needs to be done that is unprecedented. But uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, they're still in process. They're still going through hearings. Uh, witnesses are still being cross-examined. Uh, so we just have to basically... Uh, enjoy the process as uh, Joel Embiid would say, trust the process. Kylie Jenner has evolved into a business icon. Uh, Kylie Jenner will sell the majority of her cosmetic company for 600 million USD or 463 million euros. The 22 year old's brand, including Kylie Cosmetics. And Kylie's skin will be controlled by beauty giant Coty, C-O-T-Y. Uh, Kylie says that she's building the brand into an international beauty powerhouse. Forbes have reported that she's made $360 million in sales in 2018, making her the youngest self-made billionaire, billionaire with a B, ever. The chairman of Cody's board called Kylie a modern-day icon with incredible sense of the beauty consumer. Her online influence is so powerful that she has reduced Snapchat's stock market value by $1.3 billion when she tweeted that she does not use the app anymore. Uh, the reality TV star launched her brand in 2015 with a line of lipsticks and has since then branched out into face, makeup, and skincare. Although she's the youngest, Kylie's the highest earner in the Kardashian family. She's faced backlash after being named being named a self-made billionaire, but defended her self saying that none of her money has come from inheritance. She has more than 151 million followers on a personal Instagram account, as well as 22 million on her Kylie's Cosmetics account. Some of my thoughts, so I never hate, no matter how it is acquired, even though never inherited money yet still had a platform to, you know, to start with. But you cannot take away her ability to market and her ability to influence. And I think that's the iconicness. And I think that shows that the traditional route of being a change agent or becoming a, a monster or giant or titan in business no longer is the most appropriate way, no longer is the only way. Uh, there are many different avenues to hit this um, idea of success. Um, and definitely when you get noticed, you get noticed. But popularity is a real thing. I think it really also goes to show that social currency is, you know, worth is weight in gold. And basically, the more popular you are, the more that you follow, the more attention that you can create for yourself, the more lucrative it can become. And I don't know the science behind that. I don't know. I would love to see a chart and real analytical numbers and empirical evidence. But I do believe that it is safe to say that if you're likable, you know, you'll be profitable. 
so hats off to Kylie Jenner. Hats off to her line. I'm happy for her success. And I hope everything goes well. Will I Am. The one, the only. Will I Am is called uh, the contest flight attendant uh, racist. Nairline will back her if she sues him. Uh, Janelle Griffith goes on to state that Australian airline uh, Qantas Airways said it will support a flight attendant if she chooses to sue uh, the musician known as Will I Am of the Black Eyed Peas, who called her racist on Twitter and posted her name and photograph, absent of retraction. And if the crew member wanted to take the matter further, we'd certainly be willing to provide legal support for them to do this. Will I Am, whose real name is Williams Adams, said a series of tweets. Um, he was on a flight Friday from Bisbane to Sydney while on his Australian tour when he he and his group encountered an overly aggressive flight attendant. Will I Am said in that he did not want to believe that she was racist, but she clearly aimed all her frustrations only at people of color. He said that the flight, the flight attendant requested federal police officers meet him at the gate when he landed because he did not uh, stow his laptop before landing. He said he could not hear the announcement instructing him to stow the device uh, because he was wearing noise-canceling headphones, but that he quickly and politely compiled, or not compiled, but complied when asked, only to be greeted by police. The flight attendant whom he named in a handful of tweets, was beyond rude and took it to the next level by calling the police. Uh, Will I am who has more than 12 million followers, also used the hashtag racist flight attendant in multiple tweets. Uh, some Twitter users took exception with Will I am naming the flight attendant publicly, including one who accused him of intimidation. Uh, but, mate, why not just go through a normal complaint process? Do you understand the intimidation of the you rejecting this woman too with your post? Uh, one Twitter follower responded well i am responded that it was his way of filing a proper complaint and the way in which he believed the protest would be heard also he does not uh support abuse or attacks directed at the flight attendant so i so i think this is a double-edged sword i have no um doubt that she probably was over aggressive there could be a whole host of reasons for that, but if Will I Am is correct and all her attention, all her, uh, all the flight attendant's aim was at people of color, that is a clear indication that it just wasn't a bad day, right? Um, and I think sometimes when you take someone that's already off kiltered and then you, uh, unknowingly add fuel to the fire he probably was not paying attention because of the noise canceling headphones therefore it seemed like he was not complying with orders and making things worse and it just seems like a hodgepodge of just bad uh bad soup right uh but i don't think i, I it's crazy it's it's how far do you take it do you file a formal complaint or do you want immediate action, right? So obviously to get immediate action, you have to do something, you know, right then and there. So public social media becomes the avenue. But then because you are an influencer, because you are famous, because you do have 12 million followers, anything that you put out there is going to be automatically received and somebody unstable could act, you know, dangerously toward your own uh marketing and it and it's weird you kind of 
you know, you're placed in this in this weird space. Uh, I was not there. I definitely need more um, uh, witnesses. Um, but I understand as a person of color, as a black man, uh, being ostracized and placed in a position of scrutiny and uh, and then to have the police called on you because you wouldn't put a laptop away seems a bit ignorant. I mean, it's just a laptop, you know, <laughs> like, I, you know, I, it seems like because she went there, he went there back. And then it's, you know, uh, tit for tat on that one. Uh, I don't know the what necessarily should have been done over that uh, because if you're willing to threaten uh, legality and criminalization upon somebody by calling the police and willing to take it to that extreme, should not that individual have the right to um, call you out? I don't. I don't know. You know, I mean, you had the right to call them out. Apparently, you did. You could have, could not. The flight attendant say, file a formal complaint with uh, the company and make sure that the individual was not allowed to fly on the Australian airline. I mean, was he a flight risk? I mean, calling the police it seems a bit, a bit much, a tad much. Uh, so there is no silver lining here. I just think that uh, when extremes or two rams meet, this is the collision that you see. Um, And in one instance, because of her, it seems like consistent pursuing of something that ultimately caused himself to be embarrassed and potentially had his life threatened, Will I Am responded by making sure that, you know, she is basically publicly known now. Um, My hope is that the world can get beyond itself and true healing does occur, but it first starts with an apology. Um, And, you know, I don't think that Will I Am is the guilty one here. I don't support, I don't know, I would not have done that. That would not have been my reaction. Um, but nobody should ever be placed in a position where they're almost forced to respond, right? Like, I think everybody has to step back and realize that it's really not that deep. Um, and to go there and to place this human being in a position, I mean, to call the police after he landed, you know, raises to me a lot of questions and then to only have attention, uh, focus on people of color is even more depressing and sad. Ford's electric Mustang. Paul Feinstein goes on to record that is just the beginning for high performance battery vehicles. If you want it to be green in the past, you had to give a performance. Now, if you want to be fast, you have to go green. The Mustang Mach-E electric SUV. It's made a splash debut on Sunday night. It's one of the broad range of new electrified vehicles that Ford will roll out as a part of a program that will see it invest $11.5 billion through 2022. Going forward, virtually every Ford product will be offered with some form of electrified option. Each tuned 
to the specific needs of the vehicle's buyers. Ford was an early pioneer of the electric propulsion, but its original mix of hybrids, plug-ins, and pure battery electric vehicles, or BEVs, primarily focused on boosting mileage and meeting increasingly stringent government mandates at the expense of what could be called fun-to-drive factor. The Mach-E, on the other hand, can sprint to 60, little as 3.5 seconds, while still yielding up to 300 miles in mileage range. First, saw how buyers flocked to the Tesla for sporty long-range products like the Model S, X, and 3. This also helped that the underlying battery technology was improving rapidly, with battery prices falling over 80%. Since 2010, even as lithium-ion cells become smaller and more powerful, the third critical factor was the management shakeup that saw Jim Hackett become Ford CEO. Hackett was already serving on the Ford board and had become a major proponent of the electric or the electrified vehicles. As CEO, Hackett not only ordered a sharp increase in spending, but also ordered Ford's product development team to tear up the original electric SUV plan start almost from scratch. The new strategy is apparent in the Mach-E. Ford has taken a lot of heat of being behind electrical vehicles, but the Mach-E could be just the thing that the company needs to quiet the naysayers. Uh, my thoughts, so... Uh, happy you know let's get away from gas as, as quickly as possible let's make you know the earth cleaner reduce our carbon footprint and a whole lot of other stuff um the look of the ford mach e is it i mean it's okay it's not ugly it's just not hot right like i think what makes the tesla so attractive is that it's an attractive car you know what makes a Lamborghini attractive? It's an attractive car. When the car itself looks good, it creates, you know, enthusiast. Uh, the Ford is kind of like it's not like a, uh, it's you know it's like a it's like if you start seeing more of it, you'll hop on. But I don't know if it has that it factor. Um, I think the the challenge is going to be the the style. Um, the pricing uh, and just convincing because because Ford people, especially people who are really into Stangs, you know, there's like there's like a culture of really Mustang drivers and owners and they they love their Stangs. And if you're if they haven't invested into that grouping, that demographic that like we're built for racing too, and can take that and blend it with this green wave I think that's where you're going to, you know, have trouble selling. Um, if Ford almost created like an off-brand <laughs> or didn't name it a Mustang or, you know, I know it's called the, the Mach-E. Uh, but if they called it like instead of a Mustang, just something different, you know, it would kind of create or have its own culture tied to it. And I think it would be just better uh, for Ford. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see how this takes on. Can't wait uh, to see more. I can't wait for these things to really hit the street. Um, like I said, it, it's fast. Zero, zero to 16, 3.5 seconds is fast. Uh, I do think it's going to be competitive, especially on a pricing scale compared to the Tesla. Uh, but we'll see in the end. Uh, if Ford, Ford needs to just kind of make it a bit more slicker and a bit more like, a bit more like, yeah, less less uh volkswagen looking sedanish more sportier and i think you know they'll they'll be on to something
this is all the time I have. It's been a great episode. Thank you for tuning in to It Is What It Is podcast. Uh, look to do some great things in 2020. Connect with me on Instagram at, at CVMK33, uh, Twitter, Cody's Life. One, I look forward to hearing from you. News topics that you want me to cover. The more you engage, uh, more things and more content, uh, that'll be geared towards you. Look forward uh, to new episodes real soon.